Hey everybody, so I wanted to pick up um, after the last few videos that we've done and um, I know with those they might seem a little bit scattered and all over the place but as I've explained the reason that I was uh, doing them that way and kind of doing this loose sort of series now uh, for sharpening report is because I'm writing a book about some of this stuff and doing videos like this it helps because it gives you guys the information but it also helps me process uh, my thoughts and kind of get them more organized from notes that I that I take throughout my studies and stuff so I figure it can help both of us and there's a lot of cool stuff to learn. So we've already looked at uh, some of the new festivals that we see in the Dead Sea Scrolls. And I actually wanted to get more into that today because, you know, we talked about um, like wood offering and festival of new wine and new oil and that kind of stuff. And we didn't really get into too much detail about what the temple, temple scroll says about them and what they're all about, what this Moedim cycle is all about. So I wanted to backtrack a little bit and provide some more context um, for what we've already looked at. But I also didn't want to build up to that because uh, the, the most exciting part of this whole study is that Jesus is returning, and I wanted to get to that, you know, as soon as possible. So I wanted to hit that first um, and kind of move it to what we're going to be talking about today, which hopefully will will just um, kind of give another layer of understanding, hopefully. Um, so we, we will, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but I wanted to do that, uh, for at least, you know, maybe one or two more videos and, uh, we can just kind of see how it goes. Um, but again, this is, this is for a book that I'm writing. It's going to be published through Defender. It's all about the Dead Sea Scrolls and, uh, the, uh, and Bible prophecy and stuff like that. So as we've talked about already in looking through the Dead Sea Scroll calendar, um, there's, and by the way, if you want to look at that, dsscalendar.org is the place to go. And th this is, this shows the actual calendar that was pieced together from the Dead Sea Scrolls. And when you apply this calendar to really a lot of Bible passages, uh, it fits. So this is the calendar that the Bible uses. And there, there's so many proofs of that, um, that it's, it's basically undeniable at this point. So that means that there's no 360 day calendar, you know, a prophecy. There's, it's not the calendar that we're using today here in America. The biblical calendar is this 364-day uh, Dead Sea Scroll calendar. But in, in that, we've also found new festivals and stuff. There's a lot of uh, unfamiliar appointed times and dates throughout this calendar. And again, you can follow along dsscalendar.org. And so as we're going to see, the Qumran community, apparently, uh, they were aware of more feasts and festivals than those seven that are uh, described in chapter 23 of the book of Leviticus. We, we talked a little bit about that in the earlier videos, but we didn't really get into detail. Um, so as we'll discover, these extra fe festivals might actually be uh, indirectly mentioned in the Bible. And if the Dead Sea Scrolls are correct, then the full number of festivals that were observed in Israel exceeded what's even celebrated today. Because when we talked before, I, I mentioned how I believe that there's a, there's a list of 12, and I believe that that's accurate, but I didn't really get into why. And so I wanted to talk uh, about that 
in, in this and then apply that to prophecy and show how that actually fits a lot better. Now, um, as we looked at in previous videos, uh, the word Moedim from Hebrew, it's translated to festivals, seasons, or times in English. It relates to the cycle of yearly festivals the Jewish people observed. And um, we can see the total number of festivals and their dates on the Dead Sea Scroll calendar. Again, DSS uh, dsscalendar.org. That's Ken Johnson's work. It's, he did a phenomenal job with that. Now, regarding the seven that most are familiar with, the yearly festivals and their corresponding verse in chapter 23 of Leviticus are uh, first is Passover, Nisan 14, that's from Leviticus 23.5. Second is unleavened bread, Nisan 15 through 21, that's Leviticus uh, 23.6 through 8. All of these are Leviticus 23, so I'll just tell you the verses. Then we have uh, first fruits, which is Nisan 26, that's verses 9 through 14. Pentecost is Savan 15, that's verses 15 through 22. Trumpets is Tishrei 1, that's uh, 20, verses 23 through 25. Then number 6 is the Day of Atonement, Tishrei 10, that is verses 26 through 32. And then finally, Tabernacles, the 7th, that is Tishrei 15 through 22, and that's Leviticus 33 through 43. Um, and those dates... I believe those dates are from the Dead Sea Scroll calendar, so they might be a little different than the Pharisee calendar. But the first four of those are called spring feasts, and then the last three are fall feasts. So we don't have summer or winter feasts. But as we'll see, there are some summer ones. Now, just because it's common nomenclature, you know, we still call them spring feasts just because they're, but they're not really spring feasts. They're more like summer, but but still, I mean, we just call them spring feasts. So we will we'll keep inaccurately calling them the wrong thing, just because that's what people are used to. Um, but it's generally believed that those festivals can be seen as symbolic for things that, you know, the Messiah Jesus Christ has and will fulfill. Jesus died on Passover. He was buried on unleavened bread and resurrected on first fruits. The church was born on Pentecost with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about all that before. Uh, so in his first advent 2,000 years ago, Jesus fulfilled all the spring festivals. And it's believed that he will fulfill the fall festivals at his second coming. Um, and in the previous videos, I made the case that I believe that he's actually going to fulfill the spring feasts again. And it's not going to start with the fall feasts. It's going to start with the spring feasts. Um, now there's three new festivals found in the temple scroll. So we already looked a little bit into that, into the temple scroll in other videos, but um, there's a lot more to uncover there. The temple scroll is uh, presented as written by Moses. It gives details about regulations, sacrifices, and practices to be, to be performed uh, in the holy temple. It's thought to describe a temple that was never built, um, though there are other theories about that as well. And in fact, there isn't even a consensus regarding when it was written, who wrote it, or why. There's a, there's a lot that can be studied in the Temple Scroll. Uh, but for our purposes here, uh, I mainly want to focus on the feast days. So while Leviticus describes the seven Moedim cycle, the seven, the seven Moedim that we already looked at, the Temple Scroll has 12. And again, just for review, um, the first one is head of the year, second one is Passover, three is unleavened bread, four is first fruits of barley, uh, five is second pe Passover, 
Six is Pentecost, excuse me. Seven is first fruits of new wine. Eight is first fruits of new oil. Seven is the wood offering. Ten is, excuse me, nine is uh, wood offering. Seven is new oil. Eight is, I'm messing you guys up, aren't I? Let's, let's take it back to Pentecost. Six is Pentecost. Seven is new wine. Eight is new oil. Nine is wood offering. I'm getting tripped up because I also have like the dates and stuff uh, written in my notes. Ten is trumpets or the fall day of remembrance. Eleven is the day of atonement. Twelve is tabernacles. So we see the on our calendar, the Dead Sea Scroll calendar, there are more labeled days than those twelves. You know, there's the Tekufas, there's Hanukkah, there's Purim, that kind of stuff. But uh, for now, we're mainly concerned with these twelve festivals that are outlined in the Temple Scroll. That, that extra stuff was added later. Um, which adds uh, five extra to the seven festivals that we see in Leviticus. So two of those festivals from the Temple Scrolls list of 12 are mentioned in the Bible, but not in Leviticus 23. So we see an indirect reference to the head of the year connected with the first month, and that's in Exodus 12, 1 through 2, uh, if you want to follow along with me. Um, it is... It just says, uh, and this is, I'm reading from the NET here, it says, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month is to be your beginning of months. It will be your first month of the year. Uh, now, concerning the head of the year, this is what the Temple Scroll states, and this is the Temple Scroll 14, 9 through 10, and I am quoting from, oops, excuse me. Uh, all right. I am quoting from, Sorry, iTunes. iTunes is messing with me. All right. Uh, I'm quoting from the Dead Sea Scrolls translated here by uh, Florentino Garcia Martinez. Um, I asked for his permission to use his uh, translation in the book that I'm writing, and he uh, gave me permission. So a big thank you to him for that. So whenever I, I quote, I'm quoting from that. Now, I suggest if you're if this is an area of interest to you, I suggest uh, looking at a bunch of different translations. You know, we do the same with the Bible. Some are more, you know, idea for idea. Some are word for word. It's good to get a few different ones and uh, compare them all and just see what comes out of it. But um, so the Temple Scroll for, uh, concerning the head of the year is fragmented, but this is from the Temple Scroll 14, 9 through 10. It just says uh, the first of the month blank, uh, of the year, you shall do no menial work, blank. All right, so there's fragments there. We also see a second Passover and the reason that it was established in the book of Numbers. So Numbers actually does have second Passover. Uh, that might not be something that you've heard about before, but this is, this, is, this is the reason for it. Numbers 9, 9 through 12 from the NET says, The Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites, if any of you or your posterity become ceremonially defiled by touching a dead body or are on a journey or far away, then he may observe the Passover to the Lord. They may observe it on the 14th day of the second month at twilight. They are to eat it with bread made without yeast and with bitter herbs. They must not leave any of it until morning nor break any of its bones. They must observe it in accordance with every statute of the Passover. Uh, so it's it's exactly like Passover, just on a different day, and it's for those reasons. In case there's somebody that's unclean, or if they were away, or they just couldn't do it, then they have the second option. So the three new ones that are not directly described in the Bible are first fruits of new wine, first fruits of new oil, and the wood offering. We've talked about the wood offering before. 
so I'm going to skip a lot of that. Um, I'll, I'll get into where it's in the Temple Scroll and what it says, but as for the prophetic implications, um, I'm going to skip that because we already dealt with that in a previous video. Um, so appointed times from something called the Apocryphal Psalms. Uh, in contrast to our list of 12 festival days from the Temple Scroll, there are some who actually choose to add in the other two days of remembrance, which is summer and winter. Um, but opinions on, on that are split. Um, inclusion of at least the spring and fall days of remembrance seem to be appropriate because they also fall on other holy days. So uh, that, that's the head of the year and trumpets. So it's not that the days of remembrance necessarily need to be in the list. It's just those two are because they fall on other feast days. Um, again, head of the year and trumpet. So this doing it that way gives us a list of 12 items with nine in the first half of the year and three in the second half. Whereas to include the other two days of remembrance, and there is an argument to do that, you know, some, some, and that, that might be, we, we might want to do that. But if, if we do that, that would give us a total of 14 items with 10 in the first half of the year and four in the second. Uh, so, you know, for me, you have 12 split up into, uh, nine and three. That, that seems a little more even, but, you know, whether to maintain use of the list of 14, 12, or the original seven and working with Moedim cycle, it's still up for debate. So in favor of the list of 14, some have grouped them like this. If you don't like the 10 and the 4 thing, some have grouped them as uh, there's a group of three pilgrimage festivals, which is Unleavened Bread, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. There's a group of four heads of the year, spring, summer, fall, and winter, and a group of seven kind of remainder festivals, Passover, Barley, Second Passover, New Wine, New Oil, Wood, and Atonement. So generally speaking, those who promote that view, the list of 14, uh, will typically point out the frequent use of the numbers 3, 4, and 7 throughout the Bible. My personal preference is to use the list of 12 that we see in the Temple Scroll. Um, however, my, my, I'm open, you know, I'm open to being corrected. If there's a good reason to do the 14, then uh, I'm up for that. But, you know, th there there are times when we might want to consider more holy days and use the 14. But in my opinion, this is where the difference between the specific festival days and more general appointed times is helpful. Uh, so there's a difference between festival days and appointed times. Now, in a scroll called uh, Apocryphal Psalms, this is from the Dead Sea Scrolls, we're actually given some extra information about David that correlates with the appointed times of the calendar. So Apocryphal Psalms 17, 2 through 10 says, and again, it's if I say blank, it's because there's a piece missing. So it starts out something blank. And David, son of Jesse, was wise, a luminary like the light of the sun, learned, blank, knowledgeable and perfect in all his paths before God and men, and to him, blank, Yahweh gave a wise and enlightened spirit, and he wrote Psalms 3,000. 3,600 and songs to be sung before the altar over the perpetual offering of every day for all the days of the year, 364, and for the Sabbath offerings, 52 songs, and for the offering of the beginning of the month, and for all the days of the festivals, and for the Day of Atonement, 30 songs, and all the songs which he composed were 446, and songs to be sung over the possessed, four the total was 4,050. So again, that's Apocryphal Psalms 17, 2 through 10. So from this, we learn that David wrote uh, 3,600 Psalms, 
364 daily offering songs, 52 Sabbath offering songs, 30 beginning of month offering festival and day of atonement songs. That's the one that we're going to pay attention to in just a moment. 446 songs in total. Then there's four songs for the possessed. So then the grand total of all of this is 4,050 for a grand total. Now, there's that group of 30 songs that combines the offerings for the beginnings, the beginning of the month, days, and um, of the festivals and the Day of Atonement. So first, we might wonder why the Day of Atonement is listed separately from the rest of those festivals. Now, it is true that the Day of Atonement was considered the greatest of the festivals, but it was also considered true that none of uh, Israel's festive days compared with the Day of Atonement. So this grouping from the Dead Sea Scrolls should not immediately lead us to discount the Day of Atonement as a festival day, but should instead show us that ancient Israel held this day in special regard. So it's definitely a festival day, but it's it's one of the Moedim, I should say, but it's just held to special regard, so they gave it its own mention. So for lack of better term, we can consider the beginning of the month offerings, festival days, and Day of Atonement, so that 30, we could, we could consider it by the more general term appointed times rather than uh, festival days. So if our count is correct, we should be able to add up all the dates of these appointed times and come to the number 30. Also, keep in mind that we would not include second Passover in this count uh, because the song, ritual, and practice would be the exact same as Passover. It's the exact same. And we're talking about songs here. So uh, from our calendar in Appendix uh it, it, from our calendar in the Dead Sea Scroll, uh, dsscalendar.org, from that calendar, um, we have we can actually go through this list and add up the days. Um, so uh, on day one, you have the Spring of Re uh, Remembrance. That's one day. So then next you have Passover. That's another day, so that equals two. Unleavened Bread. Um, that's seven days, so that's three through nine. First fruits of barley is one day, so that's ten. First fruits of wheat, that's one day, so that's eleven in our count. Summer day of remembrance is one day, that's twelve. First fruits of new wine is one day, that's thirteen. First fruits of new oil is one day, that's fourteen. The wood offering is six days, so that is now fifteen through twenty, so we're up to twenty in our count to see if there's thirty here. Uh, Fall Day of Remembrance or Trumpets, that's a single day, so that's 21. The Day of Atonement is 22. Then we have Tabernacles, which is 23 through 29, that's seven days. Uh, and then gr the Great Day, which is the day after Tabernacles, is the last one, and that is Day 30. So we can conclude that there are 30 appointed times here. And within those 30 days, we can see the 12 festival days are described in the Temple Scroll. So this is how we can have the two extra days of remembrance in the appointed times list of 30 from the Apocryphal Psalms. But we don't, we don't necessarily have to include it in the festival days list of the Temple Scroll of that 12. Uh, lastly, a quick point of interest, the four songs for the possessed likely fell on the Tekufas since um, there was a belief around that time in Israel's history that evil spirits were more active on the four Tekufas of each year. So that's something that's really interesting. Um, now, usually when we hear 
of first fruits from a biblical context, what's usually being referenced is the first fruits of barley festival. This is why the, this is why most people don't know that there's actually more first fruits fest festivals. Usually, when we say first fruits, we just mean the first of the first fruits festivals, which is barley. Uh, the first fruits of wheat is actually Pentecost, and it's usually just called Pentecost. So there is a biblical first fruits of wheat grain as well. Again, that's called Pentecost. Um, or the, uh, uh, Feast of Weeks or Oaths. That's another one. O-A-T-H-S, uh, like covenants. Um, so that, that tells us about Pentecost. It's also typically understood that these are the only two first fruits festivals that ancient Jews ever observed because these are the only ones listed in the Bible. But the Dead Sea Scrolls list out four feasts of first fruits in total. So according to the Dead Sea Scrolls, each first fruits festival, um, after the first one, so first fruits of barley, that's the first one. Each each one occurs fifty days after, uh, after the next. So this is so you have first fruits of barley. Fifty days later, you have first fruits of wheat or Pentecost. Fifty days later, first fruits of new wine. Fifty days later, first fruits of new oil. So this is why, as as if you look on that calendar, dsscalendar.org, you can see on that calendar um, that there there are counting cycles between each first fruits festival. There's like the counting of the Omer and things like that. After first fruits of barley on Nisan 26, you have seven counting days, um, each of them on the seventh day of the week, and you know, the day after the seventh counting day is the next first fruits festival. So this means it's actually a total of 50 days from one first fruits to the next because seven times seven is 49. Then you add one more day for the 50 for that festival day. What's also interesting is that 50th day is also the first day of the next count. So there's a, a blending, like a bleeding through kind of thing. Uh, you also you see that in Jubilees. You, you see that um, in, in Jubilees of Days, which we have here, but you also see that in Jubilees of Years. Uh, and you see that in ages. You, you, you see that type of thing. But anyway, so we can start on the first fruits of barley, count 50 days, and then we'll come to Pentecost. Um, for, uh, first, which is first fruits of wheat. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry. I just caught something in my notes. Uh, misspelling. But anyway, so uh, Pentecost, which is first fruits of wheat. Next, you can count another 50 days and come to first fruits of new wine. Last, uh, first fruits of new oil. And then 10 days after that is the first day of fall. And we're officially finished with the spring slash summer. But we'll, we just call them spring festivals for that year. Uh, one more thing that we can notice is how the 50th day, like I said, it's the first day of the new cycle as well. So, for example, first fruits of new wine falls on the 50th day after Pentecost, counting Pentecost as the first day. First fruits of new oil is the 50th day after first fruits of new wine, counting the first day of new wine. Um, this means that the, the first fruits of new wine is both the first day in the count of a new cycle and the last day in the count of the previous cycle. So each, each of these first fruits, uh, festival days are both the first and the last. There's a kind of bleed over again, much like what we've talked about in other videos between like one age ending and a new one beginning. And it happens in that final jubilee, which is interesting because we're about to enter into the final jubilee of our current age, of the Age of Grace, uh, in 2025, um, specifically March, uh, in, in like spring of 2025. So there's that bleed over thing. Now, 
It's interesting how that overlapping occurs throughout Scripture when we know where to look. So the judgments in the book of Revelations are uh, book of Revelation are like this. The seventh seal judgment is the introduction to the trumpet judgments. So Revelation eight one through two case could be made that by comparing Revelation chapter eleven with ch- chapter fifteen. The seventh trumpet judgment is the introduction to the bowl judgments. Um, so you get that kind of bleed over thing there too. It's, it's possible that things are set up that way to show the eternal nature of God. Because if the end of one thing is the same thing as the beginning of a new thing, nothing ever really ends. You know, nothing can really ever end. So this could be part of the reason that Jesus refers to himself as the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last in Revelation twenty two thirteen. If the first and the last are both overlapped in one thing, like the final jubilee of an age or a tekufa, because tekufas are like that too, um, or the first fruits count, uh, then that thing can never really end. So Jesus is both the first and the last, meaning Jesus is e- eternal. So I thought that was kind of cool. So let's talk a little bit about what the Temple Scroll says for each of these festivals. Um, so about the first fruits of new wine, the Temple Scroll says, uh, From that day on which you carried to Yahweh the new offering, the bread of the first fruits, you shall count off seven weeks, seven full weeks. You shall count off 50 days until the day following the seventh Sabbath, and you shall carry new wine for the libation for uh, when for all for hen for all the tribes sorry one moment for hen for all the tribes of Israel a third of a hen for each tribe that day all the heads of a thousand of Israel shall offer to Yahweh with the with the wine 12 rams the priests shall drink their first and the levites blank uh, first, the chiefs of battalion blank, and after them, all the people from the oldest to the smallest shall go and drink new wine. They shall not eat any grape sour fruit of the vine until on this day they atone for the new wine. The children of Israel shall rejoice in Yahweh's presence. And that's the Temple Scroll 19 through 11 and 20, or 19, 11 through 16, and 21, 4 through 8. Now, shortly after that, Temple Scroll describes the first fruits of new oil. Which says, from this day you shall count off seven times seven weeks. There shall be 49 days from the seven full weeks uh, to the day after the seventh Sabbath. You shall count off, uh, you shall count off 50 days and you will, and you shall offer new wine, or new oil from the villages, excuse me, of the clans of the sons of Israel. Each of the clans half a hen. Half, half a hen, refined new oil, virgin oil, there's a blank there, uh, over the altar, holocaust. Remember, holocaust means burnt offering. We talked a little bit about that in an earlier video, but uh, holocaust just means burnt offering. So holocaust of the first fruits before Yahweh, blank. They shall burn this oil in the lamps, blank. The heads of thousand with the princes, Blank. They shall eat and they shall anoint themselves with the new oil and with the olives because on this day they shall atone for all the virgin oil of the land in front of Yahweh once a year and they shall rejoice. That is the Temple Scroll 21, 12 through 22, 1 uh, through 2 and verses 15 and 16 of 22. All right. Now the wood offerings a little bit 
more difficult to track down, but it can be found uh, throughout the Dead Sea Scrolls. So, for example, we can look to a scroll called Reworked Pentateuch, um, which is 4Q365. And I believe we already looked at that before in the first video. Uh, yes, we did. So we, we looked at... We looked, yeah, we, we looked at that already in the first video. So if you want to know what the Temple Scroll and Josephus say about that, just look at the first video um, in this series and you'll find it. It's about the wood offering and the eternal altar and, you know, the, what, what hell, what the lake of fire actually is. Um, so, but just for brief review, it's a six-day period immediately after the festival of new oil or first fruits of new oil, excuse me. Um, the very next day starts a six-day count, uh, and every day two tribes were to bring uh, wood to keep the altar lit, because the altar was um, always supposed to be lit. And there's really a chilling kind of comparison between the lake of fire and uh, burnt offerings and stuff. So if you haven't done so, go check out that first video about that. Um and so the 12 tribes of, tribes of Israel, two per day for six days, were to contribute wood. So in that week, you have that week starting with um, first fruits of new oil, and then the remaining the remainder six days are for the wood offering. And then that's the last of the summer. Uh, then it kicks off into fall. Um, now we can actually find some of these, we can find examples of these in the Old Testament but I'll tell you what we're going to do. We are going to do that in members only. So um, if you haven't had a chance, head on over to dailyrenegade.com and get a membership. It is only $10 a month or $100 a year. And if you already know that you like us and you want to support, you know, you love us and you want to support what we do, uh, then you can get a membership or you can just, uh, if, if you're not exactly sure, you can try a free trial. And we have a free seven-day trial. So you can go try it out, see see if you like it, and uh, help support us. And um, so what we we use the money that we get from memberships to continue paying for uh, the website, for maintenance, for upgrades because it, it needs that. And we are still trying to develop an app. It's very expensive, and uh, we haven't been able to do it yet. Also, because people have asked, if you want to help uh, our son. Nathan, he's seven years old. He is going through cancer treatments. He's in remission, thank God. But he also has a uh, whole host of mental health issues that are just now coming to light. We, we've we've known for a long time that he's he's always had these, uh, even before the cancer. But we didn't know if it was actually mental health issues or if it was something he would end up growing out of. And uh, so it's get, it's getting worse, and we're now on that path. It's it's been a it's been a nightmare. Uh, we will when we're ready, when we know more, we'll give more information about that. But that is also something that's extremely expensive. For example, there was one medication that they wanted to give him, which was five hundred dollars a month, which we definitely can't afford. Um, and but it, it looks like we were able to possibly supplement with another one, and it's it's just. It's exhausting, but we're in the very beginnings of figuring all that out. So uh, people have been wanting to know how to help. Best place to go right now, um, because we've been having trouble with GoFundMe. For, for some reason, they made our 
accounts inactive. They actually did that to a bunch of people, and we haven't been able to get them to answer our emails to make ours active again. But, you know, GoFundMe still takes a cut anyway, so PayPal might be better. Um, but it's, which I think they, they do too, but it's not that much. It's a very small amount. But it's paypal.me slash Josh Peck Disclosure uh, if you want to do that. Um, and that would help out a lot. So, uh, because people were asking, that's the, that's the best place to go right now. There's a link in the description below if you just want to do that. So, all right, we are going to call it there uh, for non-members. So, members, uh, hang on the line. Everybody else, thank you for watching. And uh, please come and watch the rest of this video because we got a lot more cool stuff to get into. All right, love you all. Take care. God bless.